Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Jim Schrader, and I am so excited to be with you on our 25th podcast of Living a Whole Christian Life. As I've mentioned before, much of this material is taken from my book, Holiness with the WH, The Unified Pursuit of Health, Harmony, Happiness, and Heaven. So today we've reached a seminal point, and that is that we have come to the end of our episodes focused on the framework of living a whole Christian life. It's been a great time. I hope you've enjoyed and hope it's kind of maybe provoked some different thoughts you've had or just some ideas in general. And I've heard from a number of you about just different episodes. So it's really exciting to get to this point. But to kind of quickly review about our framework that we've talked about, there's been six key areas that we focus on when it comes to building this framework around this whole life, this whole Christian life that we really desire. And so just a quick review on this. The first is anxiety and fear. The questions behind these, of course, anxiety and fear is, does it mobilize me to grow and empathize? Or does it immobilize me through constant avoidance and control? Our second area that we focused on is pride. And the question about pride overall is, do I give credit where credit is due in celebrating the goodness and joys of life? Or does it blind me from my reality? And then we got into the area of inlets and letting out the spirit within. And the key question is, do I constantly seek to cultivate sources of renewal and rejuvenation and resurrection? Or do I settle for outlets that at best stagnate me and at worst erode God's design for who I am? The fourth key area that we focus on with the framework is what we described as change, challenge, and chore. And overall, the question here is, do I take a deep divine perspective towards those three inevitables of life, or am I constantly stuck in the superficialities of life, as Viktor Frankl once described the eugenic neuroses of life? The fifth area of our framework of living a whole Christian life is our attitude and approach towards technology. And in here, the key question is, do I strive to use technology wisely and for healthy options for rest and formation? Or am I using it immersively in a way that's increasing my anxiety, my distractedness, and maybe my overall addiction? And finally, we came to the topic of silence. And the question about silence ultimately is, is silence and time spent in contemplation with myself and with God something that I crave and cultivate daily? Or am I allowing my life to be filled with unnecessary noise? And thinking about these questions, and obviously we talked a lot about the complexities through the previous episodes. And so if you haven't had a chance, if you've joined me late in the podcast and you're interested in any of these areas, certainly go back and and check those out because even the complexities I described, there's so much more and even more that we're going to get into as we go on with this podcast. As we establish the framework, the important thing to know here is that we're all of us are going to struggle at times with the outcomes related to these. I think it's so easy to get demoralized. And maybe even as I'm reading those questions, you're thinking, oh my gosh, like seriously, I'm nowhere near this. Or seriously, that's too hard of a question. And you know what? I think that the key here is to not get demoralized when our outcomes related to these aren't what we desire or maybe lead us away from where others desire them for us. But more importantly, the question is, is am I striving towards a process that focuses on these key areas? And what I love about the idea, again, we've talked about this before, that we live in an outcomes-focused world with a process-oriented God, right? So if we're continually focused on outcomes related to these and we're demoralized and we're discouraged and we think we're failing, even though, of course, we said fail is first and forever attempt in learning, 
if we're focused so much on the outcomes continually, this is going to seem really hard. Like, wow, these are some tough areas. But, but if we're excited about the process that we can adopt to pursue greater formation, to pursue growth, to pursue joy, to pursue peace through this framework. And you know what? We acknowledge when we make mistakes. We acknowledge when things don't go right. But we recognize that that's just part of the process of living a whole Christian life. It really reframes the way we look at these areas. It really helps us just feel more comfortable that no one on this earth will ever be perfect in actually any of these areas, right? Let alone all six key areas of framework. And so it's okay. Once again, I come back to this idea that we're so often stuck in obligatory attitudes that we forget that in each of these areas, there's great opportunity. And in each of these areas, no matter where you find yourself, no matter how happy or unhappy you are with progress or lack thereof, each of them provides opportunities after opportunities each day. And the other great thing about these six areas is the recognition is that it's not like there's an additional job I'm putting out there for people here. This, this, these are areas of our lives and our framework that really are the fabric of who we are. So much of what we talk about here isn't necessarily like, oh gosh, that's something more I have to do. Although, of course, habits develop into habits that might change the things that we do daily. But again, it's much more about this idea of just being excited, even when things are going wrong, about where we can go. So again, we're striving towards the process with the recognition that we will always struggle with the outcomes at times. But as the process improves, so should those outcomes too. But some of you might be asking, okay, you know, I've been with you this whole time and I've heard you talk about all these areas of framework, but now I'm wondering, okay, where exactly do prayer and where exactly does the study of God's word in the Bible fit into this? You know, I've heard you talk about that in different ways through each of these pieces of the framework, but I haven't really ever heard you set down and describe exactly where those come into play. Well, here's my answer. The idea of prayer, which is really our relationship with God, our constant cultivation of that relationship and connection with God, whether it's through prayers of gratitude or supplication or prayers of adoration or whatever it is, the answer is that prayer and God's word are the foundation Notice that before we were talking about the framework, they are the foundation by which we live. But here's the key, that in order for us to have a solid, strong, vibrant home, that the foundation must be connected to the framework throughout the whole structure. Imagine a home built where there were no tie-ins, no grounding from the foundation all the way up through the structure of the walls and the roof. Imagine what could happen immediately in a home like that, not only through natural causes, but in many other ways, it simply would not work. The other key about the idea of prayer and Bible study being the foundation is it can't be a separate entity. I think so often we think to ourselves, well, if I just carve out 15 minutes of prayer in the morning and I carve out maybe prayer before I go to bed at night, then I've kind of done my duty. But, you know, I think as we reflect further on this, we recognize that Prayer isn't something we carve out. In fact, so often we attribute prayer to the idea of language. Language represents prayer for us or for many people. But you know what? In everything that we do, we have the opportunity to be a living prayer. Whether or not there's language involved or not doesn't change the fact that if we are cultivating that relationship with God, and again, we're seeking to see how God's word applies to every aspect of our lives, Well, then, then the foundation, 
the foundational elements of prayer and our relationship with God, the foundational elements of understanding God's word and the way it's been translated to us, well, suddenly that foundation rises up into that framework, you know, and imagine a house that comes out of the foundation. And I was, years ago, I had a friend who actually built his own home and I was part of that process. And I have to tell you, for someone who has no skills when it comes to carpentry or anything like that, it was really a cool process. Like I got a chance to be part of like laying the rebar where the foundation was poured. And then a part of the the walls being again connected to the foundation and then part of the, the roof tied and all sorts of different aspects of it. And as I saw this home go up, you recognize how integrated the home is from the very bottom to the very tip top. And so this is the idea of living a whole Christian life. I tend to be a person of visuals, but I think it's important for us to see what we're talking about. How is pride running through the walls of our home? You know, where are those inlets creating strength or stability? You know, what is my approach to technology? And can you see from those foundational elements how those areas, I mean, in some ways you can almost imagine a tree too. Imagine the roots, of course, being those foundational elements. And the framework is how this tree is growing, right? How strong is it growing? Is it striving towards the sun or is it barely limping above the surface? For those who might be kind of asking, you know, where, where do we find prayer? Where do we find God's word? The answer is everywhere, right? If it really truly is what it is, it's not something that, you know, it's okay to say, oh, I carve out this time and I I encourage people to find that. That's great. But why can't we pray while we're driving or biking to work? Why can't we pray and be a living prayer in the way that we relate to other people? Why can't we learn about God's word, not just from the direct Bible study of, you know, the pages and the chapters, but rather seeing how that translates itself into everyday life. So as we come to the end of this this framework, we enter into the rooms of our home. I'm really excited to go on this journey with you. When I speak of the rooms here of our home, what we're really talking about are those four dimensions of our being that I talked about at the beginning, the physical aspects of who we are, the psychological aspect, the social, and ultimately the spiritual being. And as we get into this physical dimension, we're going to start off here in the coming weeks. This is certainly the place where from the youngest of age in utero, in the womb, babies are feeling things and they're sensing things and they're feeling and they later in life experience pain. It's where the systems of our body interact with the realities of our world and our cosmos. And in some ways, it can be a place of just stunning, stunning beauty. But in some ways, it could be a place of seemingly utter horror. And then there's so much in between. We're going to get into the the three pillars of health upcoming, and those are actually related to sleep, our diet, and exercise. And what I want to say again right off the bat is that so often I, and I know that I speak for a lot of you, were raised in ways to look at those as one, mundane, which they are unbelievably not. But two, again, obligatory to say, well, you're supposed to go to bed at this time and you're supposed to eat this and you're supposed to exercise that. Nothing against recommendations, nothing against guidelines. And it's important that we know what constitutes a healthy approach towards this. But if anything this podcast is about, and I mentioned it and I've reiterated from the beginning, is that we should look at sleep. We should look at our diet. We should look at any movement possible 
again, that big O word, as great opportunities. I know that so many of you have not felt like this. And so many times in my life and your life, you have struggled with these areas. And so you feel disappointed. You feel like you're letting down people's expectations and your own expectations. But as we get into this physical world, my favor to you is to let go of the obligation, let go of the sense of what you're supposed to do and what you should do. And imagine as we go through this, that this is the physical element that God created in us. And as I said, we often look at it as mundane. For example, (laughs) sleep itself puts a lot of people to sleep when you think about it, right? But I'm going to actually be getting into this in the coming weeks in a way that I hope really opens many of your eyes or just like illuminates the idea that sleep is anything but mundane. It's actually really fascinating. Even the single follicle of hair on your head is extraordinary when we actually experience it for what it is. If your hair is graying right now, you might be saying, yeah, it's not looking extraordinary. And I understand because so many times in our lives, what is extraordinary in makeup, what is extraordinary in design doesn't necessarily feel or look extraordinary. And you talked about this, you know, early in the podcast. What if we became curious beings? What if we became beings of awe? Again, one of those gifts of the Holy Spirit. What if we became beings a little bit like the almost three-year-old that runs through my house? I'm going to end this talking about her today. One of the beautiful things I love about her, and we were on vacation this past week, and we went up to Indiana Dunes National Park, and then we went over to visit friends in Cleveland near Lake Erie, and then on down to a beautiful place called Hocking Hill State Park, full of gorges and waterfalls in Ohio. And, you know, I think all of us to some level recognize the beauty there. But when I watched Kate, this almost three-year-old girl full of life, what I saw there was a true sense of curiosity and exploration and just intrigue and interest and novelty and flourishing in this new environment. Was she scared sometimes when the dog came in? Sure. But was she all about being where she is at that moment? Absolutely. And so as we enter into the second half of the podcast, I just ask for you to suspend the the sense of being jaded, suspend for a moment if possible, the sense of what you've heard and the obligations, and let's go, let's go deeper. Let's go come along for a ride. Because inherent in God's design, if we truly are the image and likeness of God, then inherent in his design, we will find God if we allow ourselves to see that. Anyway, it's great to be back with all of you and so excited for the second half of our podcast. So again, remember, as our framework, our foundational elements of prayer and study of God's word give way to the walls of our home of silence and technology and change and challenge and chore and the inlets and pride and anxiety and fear, can you see the house? Can you see the life? Can you see the whole life rising up? And next week, we'll start to walk through the doors and the rooms of this home. And we'll start to ask ourselves, God, where are you? And God, just what an amazing world have you created? It's Jim Schrader. Be holy, be whole.